Well, there was a very strong market reaction to fears that the Omicron strain could spread far and wide, and there have been reported cases across Europe since then. In fact, it might have been in Italy for two weeks. So, should we prepare for another tumultuous day today on the markets, and how much does this push back the recovery and central bank tightening? It's all known unknowns at this stage. We have to wait and see what impact the strain has. But in the meantime, where do the markets go? It's Monday, the 29th of November, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, we briefly mentioned on Friday morning's podcast about a new strain of COVID-19 in South Africa, and there were concerns that it might be more transmissible than previous strains and might evade vaccines. Well, since then, we've seen quite a reaction. The US dollar lost 1.7% against the yen and lost 1.4% against the Swiss franc, with the euro climbing almost 1%, the Aussie dollar losing 0.9%. We had big falls in equities as well. The S&P 500 down 2.3% on Friday, the Dow down 2.5%, the Nasdaq 2.2% lower, even bigger falls in Europe, the Eurostox 50 losing 4.7%, and the FTSE down 3.6%. No surprise on who's feeling the most hurt in equities. The Norwegian cruise lines lost 14.5% on Friday, Carnival Cruise is 13.7%. And the airlines as well, United, EasyJet, Lufthansa, for example, all losing 12 to 13%. IAG, which owns British Airways, lost 15% on Friday. Bond yields way down too. 10-year treasuries losing 14 basis points. 10-year gilts down more than 15 points. 10-year buns down 9 And oil, a 13% drop in WTI, 12% down for Brent. Wow. Uh, Rodrigo Cotrill is here this morning from NAB in Sydney. So we, we can assume the markets will be even more jittery today, can't we? Because, I mean, we know there are more cases emerging now. We, Holland's got 13 cases of this new variant on flights arriving from South Africa on Friday out of 61 infected passengers. The UK is now trying to trace people in London who might have had it a week ago. And this is all news that's happened over the weekend. So it seems unlikely that, uh, I mean... The question is, was it an overreaction on on on, uh, on Friday? We just don't know, do we? But it seems unlikely that the market's going to retract from Friday's doom and gloom, even though it was thin trading on Friday because of the day after Thanksgiving. Um, it, it's not going to bounce back, is it? That's for sure. <laughs> Morning, Phil. Uh, yes, I, I think it's fair to say that until we know more, not, it's not just about today, until we know more, uh, markets are going to remain uh, volatile and, and very sensitive to, to headline news around, around COVID. As you mentioned, it's early days. This, this is all based on preliminary data, uh, but certainly the data that we know and the information that we know so far, it does indicate that this is by far a, a much, much um, more transmittable uh, COVID variant than the, the previous one. For instance, one of the stuff that I was reading is that it's not only that it's transmitting a lot quicker, but it's, it's actually become the dominant uh, mm. uh, variant in, in a very short space of time in South Africa. So I think the latest data was around Thursday that you, you they had uh, over 1,100 new infections, of which 900 in, in, in one province, uh, Hauteng, um, it was the new variant. So it's, 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 the scientists are quite sort of impressed by the, the, the ability of this, this variant to become so dominant and the ability to spread very quickly. Yeah. And the descriptions of what they know so far is that it can potentially become, uh, you know, uh, more resistant to, to the vaccines and antibodies. So um, we, we still all, don't know. Which is all scary, um, until we know more, um, we, yeah. you know, as we've seen, and as you said, over the weekend, and including in Australia, uh, new travel restrictions have been introduced. Um, 
and that is likely obviously to to keep markets very nervous until until you know potentially two weeks or even longer Pfizer reckons that it could take two weeks for them to to work this out and to see whether the, their vaccine is effective mm. um, but others uh, including you know professors involved with AstraZeneca vaccine have suggested it, that it could be several weeks. Mm. Well, but on the other side, we've had the chair of the South African Medical Association saying so far the cases they've seen, it's only been a mild disease without prominent symptoms. I think a lot of it is because it's young people, so we still, we still have to wait and see. But where does, the, where does Australia fit in all of this? What's the market reaction uh, locally going to be? And what does it mean for the, uh, uh, for, the, for the Aussie dollar? I mean, certainly Friday wasn't good for commodity currencies. Uh, we know there's going to be less travel, uh, maybe less production too globally for a bit. So are we going to see a weaker Aussie dollar getting even weaker? Weaker. Yeah, and 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 that that sort of I think what would happen is that we will see the Aussie dollar being very sensitive to headlines. Um, it may well be the case. Uh, to your point about Thanksgiving, uh, we also need to be aware that we saw pretty sharp moves on Friday, and and the the level the low liquidity might have been a factor. So um, maybe an extension of those falls won't be seen at the beginning of the week as the market sort of resettles and waits for the US to really sort of price the, the effect of the news. Uh, but overall, it, it seems reasonable to expect markets to remain volatile. And in that environment, it's difficult for the Aussie to perform. Well, it certainly pushed news about inflation to uh, to the back uh, of the of the room for a little while, hasn't it? But I wonder what impact it could have on inflation. Because if we have uh, high inflation, which we clearly do, but also the likelihood or possibility of less consumption and less production, if we have more lockdowns, uh, and uh, and people just aren't going out and buying stuff. I mean, that could weaken demand and that could calm inflation <laughs> potentially, couldn't it? Which is well, what central uh, banks have been trying to do, of course. Well, that, that's I think I think you, yeah. So, so you need to ask the question: What is the nature of the infl- inflation? Mm. Because if lockdowns come along, then that 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 plays to the view that the supply shocks from you know, uh, ports being locked down and, and slow down in terms of supply deliveries uh, because of these lockdowns, it means that you will have another wave of supply shocks, uh, you know. Um, well, but at the same time, the demand-driven inflation is the one that's also likely to, to be pulled back. So, um, and, you know, the textbook from central banks tells you that central banks will sit tight and wait to, to see how it plays out. But of course, this seems to be a wave after wave after wave of, of supply shocks, in a sense, and uh, and, and inevitably the, the patience from central banks will be tested eventually. Yeah. But for now, you know, you would think that it will be a wait and see mode. Yeah, but more uh, so potentially more inflation. You're saying if if we if, if these supply shocks make the situation worse. Well, it's, it's a two way because as you say, the, the demand driven inflation will, will will come down, but certainly the supply one uh, may may be challenged. Well, it makes the uh, direction a lot less clear, doesn't it, for central banks or, or at least the speed. So we had Hugh Bill, the chief uh, Pill, the chief economist of the Bank of England, saying the groundwork had been done. This was on Friday for rate hikes, but then this new variant was the type of event that change their view of the world. So it is a big question mark about where central banks go next. Well, yeah, I mean, Fed Bostich was a little bit more positive. He, he did recognise the new Omicron uh, variants. Uh, but then he said, you know, if we see what the previous variants have done, uh, you know, Delta um, uh, it, it had less of an economic slowdown uh, than, you know, than the, the, the regional one. Mm. Um, and I suppose it's, it's fair to say that... Um, you know, even in Australia as well, the, the impact that Delta had in terms of economic activity, the slowdown that we saw in growth uh, over Q2 and Q3 hasn't been 
it wasn't as significant as obviously the first round. So we become more adapt to dealing with sort of lockdown measures and so on. Um, as opposed to, this is all about the, the big unknown. If, if, if it proves to be the case that um, then Omicron is, you know, is still vaccines proved to be sort of effective against it, then I think the market will reprise very quickly and we'll get back to where we were very, very quickly. Um, uh, but if, if not, then there will be a longer period of uncertainty. It's important to stress as well that Pfizer and other vaccines uh, produce manufacturers have been very confident that they, whatever the case is, that they could always adjust the vaccine to to create a new one that uh, can be effective against Omicron. Yeah. Uh, Pfizer is talking about the fact that, you know, within 90, 100 days, they can actually produce a new vaccine. But of course, for everybody to get that new vaccine, exactly. we're yeah. potentially talking months. Absolutely. So it, it will create a delay to mm. recovery. And the anti-vaxxers are going to be even louder, aren't they, saying it's not worked, and so that might make it more difficult to get more jabs in the arms of people. Uh, look, it's been interesting that uh, we've had quite yeah. a few cases in Europe uh, over the weekend, uh, you know, more and more emerging, uh, and we're not hearing of any from the United States yet, and yet the uh, the, the Euro uh, performed Better than most on on Friday, up almost one percent. Yes, uh, so our sense is that the, the euro is sort of a unique case that the, the market had been heavily sort of positioned itself for uh, a big decline and further decline in the euro. Uh, we married many talking about one ten levels of one ten and even lower levels. So. Um, the repricing uh, effectively when you have big risk off sessions, usually what happens is investors take risk off the table. So there's a sort of inevitable sort of pullback in terms of those positions by um, people taking risk off. But, but at the same time, uh, we've also seen a repricing of Fed rate hike expectations. So that particularly uh, plays into sort of the euro, euro strength, which is usually been the one that is used to, to reflect that position as well. Right, but those uh, rate hikes are going to be pushed back, aren't they? And where does this leave oil? That's the question, because we saw oil inventories uh, up a fair bit last week, even as Biden was preparing to dip into oil reserves. And, you know, the word was the OECD might cut production f- further. So, I mean, now you throw this into the mix, and oil is <laughs> it's being ba- basically pulled separately in three different directions, isn't it? Between the, uh, the OECD wanting to cut, uh, Biden wanting to produce more by dipping into reserves and then we're seeing demand down because inventories are up a fair bit and now we've got the uncertainty thrown in by this so actually being pulled in four ways really yeah and and and, and the aggregate effect is it's been pulled down so yeah. we've seen a big decline in oil you know uh, just over 10 percent for both wti and brent and it just shows that it's a big sensitivity to demand and the demand outlook. And again, reflecting that reassessment or, or the slowdown or a bump in terms of the, the recovery uh, progress. Uh, and that's clearly been reflected in, in, in the sharp declines in oil. Right. But could we see in all of this, things bounce back quite quickly this week? If we get, you know, if as we said, thin trading on Friday, big reaction to the news. If we get, you know, bits of news saying, well, we, we're not going to know perhaps for a couple of weeks, but it seems like it's not quite as bad as we first thought. Um, I, I mean, could we see the markets bounce back quite quickly? So I'm interested, for example, in the in, in the equity markets. Is this are they going to bounce back or is this actually sort of a bit of the correction that was perhaps needed anyway? Well, my, my sense is that uh, on, on a typical sort of Monday, Asia Monday, given this, this sharp moves, we might see a pre sort of a little bit of a small initial opening to reflect that the, the move lower that, that we saw in the US and, and Europe. 
Uh, and then the market will sort of be on a wait and see mode. And, and the key will be how, how the U.S. reacts uh, on Monday night. Um, to your point as to, well, was Thanksgiving the, the fact of the, the lack of liquidity during the post-Thanksgiving trading uh, give, give you know, a bit of a breather? Um, but overall, it's difficult to obviously see a big bounce back because we still don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and the news flow, of course, will be, first of all, a speculative because you still need a couple of weeks for, for official confirmation of whether this is something we need to worry about or not. And then any news or any speculation or any commentary from someone that knows a little bit more uh, will create a lot of volatility in the market. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my sense is that, uh, you know, we need to be ready for up and down moves uh, over the next couple of days, at least, uh, until we actually have a, a more concrete uh, news coming from South Africa, which they're, they're providing quite a lot of information, which it has to be said has been really, really uh, helpful and, 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 and praised by many because, you know, the sooner we know about these things, the, the better and the more we can prepare for it. Unlike, of course, previous previous occasions where it wasn't clearly or known very quickly what was going on. Well, look, you know, and it's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> we, we were doing so well. Australia's retail sales numbers, a uh, bit of ancient history now, but we, on Friday, uh, those numbers came out up 4.9%, which is almost twice what was expected. And uh, we get partials uh, today towards uh, Australia's GDP print later in the week. It's going to be interesting, but perhaps not particularly relevant for markets right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the Q3 number was always expected, uh, it has been expected to be a bad number. Uh, and the market's certainly more focused on, on that recovery. And, and if anything, the retail sales figures uh, were surprising to, you know, the market was was expecting a punchy number and we got an even stronger number. So it's just a reminder of how um, willing and able Australians are and keen to to, to start spending and, and, and enjoying a reopening. And and at the moment, uh, it still plays to the view that uh, at least from a domestically driven sort of uh, rebound, um, the, the Australian economy still has a lot of momentum. Even if we assume that there's some lockdowns in terms of uh, limiting people coming into the country, mm. um, you know, for now, uh, as long as Omicron is not, you know, widely spread in the country, we, we, we probably can still expect that rebound uh, to continue. Yeah, I think it's Omicron, isn't it? Omicron is a, is, unfortunately, is a media company in the United States. They'll be loving this, won't they? So what have we got this week then? We've got those uh, those partials for Australia's GDP that I mentioned. Uh, we've also got Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen up in front of uh, the, the Senate uh, hearings for two days this week. Uh, it be interesting to see what they've got to say. And then China's official PMIs are out this week. Obviously, they are still very relevant, aren't they? Yeah, certainly a lot of focus on China, given you know the, the slowdown that is occurring because of their own issues around the property sector and so on. Um, then we do have a lot of activity readings. The ISMs will be important in the US. And of course, non-fund payrolls on Friday, which mm-hmm. again used, was going to be the big ticket for, for the week ahead of the uh, Fed meeting later, in, uh, like early in December. And then lastly, we also got to remember that the debt ceiling uh, deadline is actually on Friday as well. So there's a fair <laughs> bit going on there that uh, will keep markets busy. Absolutely. It's going to be a crazy week, isn't it? All right. Good to talk with you, Diego. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. Where do we go from here? Anyone's guess, isn't it? But follow it all on the morning call. Back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Enjoy your Monday. Thanks for listening.